to the Cash-Based Practice Owners interview series where I, Dr. Morgan Meese, PT, am interviewing different clinicians across the country who practice in a variety of ways, but all outside of being in network with insurance. The world of entrepreneurship and business for healthcare professionals is full of knowledge, creativity, and amazing people just like you who wanted something different. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on Facebook in the Cash-Based Healthcare Entrepreneurs Group or on my website at morganmeese.com. I would love to speak with you. So please join me as I interview our guest today. Today's guest is Brandon Smith. Brandon is a home health physical therapist and creator of the Home Health Mentor Course, as well as a law student and advocate for fair practice everywhere. So welcome. Uh, thank you for having me, Morgan. So actually, <laughs> I think Morgan, you we first started talking. I guess when I put out a home health video, and you're like the first person that was like, "When are you making a course?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like last year, you know, like after I left my outpatient orthopedic like job, you know, I was jumping into home health. So I feel like it was just like a universal sign and think, thank goodness you made that course because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people will find me that way. And my thing is not telling everyone to go to home health. I've talked about this before on many different channels, but mm -hmm. realistically, the reason why I tell people to do home health is so they can get paid well to then fund their own practice and do other things. It's an easy way to make money as a PT and actually get a good return on investment for going to um oh facebook users that's saving this it's just a facebook user i don't know who that is oh yeah. <laughs> so it's, just it's an easy way to get a good return on investment for what you paid for your education and then use that money to invest in other things whether that's a cash practice your own business or maybe you want to go flip houses but it's a good stepping stone where you actually get paid what i feel you should get paid for being a dpt cash pay you can also get paid very well, but usually you need capital to start everything you need for your practice. Yeah, absolutely. And so like, it definitely can be a really good option for a lot of people. And it's also, it can be a lot more flexible if you're doing it PRN too, you know, so you have like the time opportunity as well to get started and things. Yeah. Um, I don't recommend anybody ever have a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> Just be, no. <laughs> that's gonna be the title of the episode. <laughs> well, no, just because like then like you're like some corporate slave and you gotta deal with like all the all the like stuff that like nobody wants to deal with and you don't really care about. So like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's like it's like you care about med like if it's your own business, okay, obviously, but you actually care about it because you're seeing a direct return on investment. If you're working for somebody else, it's I don't know. Um somebody said they want to start a home health company. You're an OT with a long-term goal. Okay, so when it comes to starting a home health company, that is something I'm actually working on separately. There will be a separate course on that coming out. I At some point, it's a huge pain in the ass, especially with <laughs> Medicare, because if you're going to be seeing Medicare patients and you're going cash pay, you're going to just set yourself up for a lot of headaches. So just keep that in mind. However, if you want to be a Part A agency, you have to pay Medicare like $300,000. You get like a special certificate and then you can be a part A agency. Uh, it really depends on whether you want to be a part A or part B agency. I'm assuming part B because it's, you know, very cheap to start. You could probably start it for under a few hundred dollars and then just get contracts with insurance. 
Um, but again, if you're going to be working with Medicare patients, make sure you're in network. You can't do cash pay or anything like that. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, definitely really important to know. I know that there are a lot of people who have questions here um, about like all the Medicare stuff and like what's the difference? What's the difference, Brandon, between physical therapy and wellness? Okay, so when it comes to so let me back up a bit here. <laughs> so for Medicare, you have Medicare Part A, Part B, Part C, and Part D. We're going to leave Part C and Part D out of this conversation. Um, okay. <laughs> So for part A, that's like your standard home health, like true home health. You have nursing, you have social workers, you have OTPT all working together with a nursing team and doing wound care and just managing the patient from a more medically complex level. Then you have part B, which is just outpatient therapy. Think of it like that. It can be PT or OT, but usually and there's no nursing that I've seen and it's just PT, OT, outpatient, just standard outpatient clinic that can also be done in the home. So that's the basic difference. Part A, Medicare is gonna give you more money for seeing these patients, though it's a different scale now. Private payers will pay you kind of based on the old scale. Part B, you are gonna see a 9% cut come next year for all therapy services. That being said, if you actually read it, I know everyone wants to fight the cut, but if you actually read it, you're actually gonna get higher reimbursement for evals and re-evals. So if you actually change the way you practice and you know you get patients better faster, get more patients in your clinic, you will actually make more money if you're taking Medicare insurance. Nobody wants to talk about that part of it because everyone just wants to whine and scream and not change their ways. <laughs> I'm just I'm being 100% serious. Um, but if you actually read the Medicare regulations, there's that. Now, when it comes to the problem with why therapists even have this problem with cash pay wellness for therapy, so a physician, a dietitian, a nurse, they can opt out of taking Medicare. For some reason, physical therapists and chiropractors and occupational therapists cannot opt out of taking Medicare, but you also cannot charge for a service provided by Medicare. Now there's lots of cash pay PTs out there, OTs who say, oh, have them sign an ABN. Okay, um, that's not gonna stand up legally. <laughs> for anything. It's just, you know, we give ABNs when patients are getting discharged. Usually if we give an ABN in part A, it means that, you know, their benefits have ran out, but you're just giving them an ABN that usually means their benefits have ran out, but just saying, you know, they're going to pay cash for services. Yes, there's consent there, but if Medicare ever came and audited you, what's going to happen is if you're charging cash for a Medicare patient is there, they could, I'm not saying they will, but they could go ahead, request all that money be paid back to them, and you're gonna get a fine on top of that. So I personally wouldn't touch it. However, you can do wellness for Medicare patients where it's a little bit different. You can still do you know, exercise prescription, wellness, all of that, but you're not actually doing any therapy and you're not gonna do any notes related to therapy. Uh, so basically, you know, if you say you're doing wellness, but then you do a physical therapy note, well, technically you just violated the federal statute for Medicare. And because Medicare is a federal agency, you can actually get a criminal charge against you. So that's a game that you may want to play, may not want to play. I personally don't play that game. Um, just, no, no, please don't play that game. There's lots of PTs that do play that game. They're like, oh, well, they signed the paper. So yes, um, the patient may give you express consent. So if somebody signs something, that's that's express consent. So they give you express consent that you know they want to pay cash and not use their, their uh, benefits. But that doesn't mean that it's legal because they gave you 
express consent because there is a federal regulation which can be used in the criminal charge against you. So just make sure if you're doing wellness that you're just charging cash and not doing notes. You can also use my uh, wellness templates that I posted somewhere and you can also use them for cash therapy outside of Medicare patients. I personally would just go in network with Medicare and just cash with everyone else unless it's out of network or workers comp where it pays more. I personally hate insurance and I don't like Medicare that much either, but I understand why they are cutting therapy services because of fraud committed over time. But again, if you just change the way you practice, it's better. Uh, my biggest issue with why I think all therapy outside the cash pay is really trash when it comes to outpatient is because it's based on these timed units where it's like, oh, if you give the patient more therapy, it must be getting better care. It's like, no, I can like, you know, crack your back in three seconds and you're better. So. Like, I think it should be based on outcomes. I do think Medicare actually wants it to be based on outcomes. If you actually read the new Medicare policies and that's why it's changing, like in um, SNF and home health, they change it to outcomes to get paid more. If you get patients better, faster, you get paid more. That's actually going to happen when the outpatient change comes. People are saying, you know, call Congress, call this, you know, with COVID and everything else going on, Congress doesn't care. Um, you might get mad at me for saying that, but if I'm a congressman and, you know, there's like, a pandemic going on there's all this other stuff going on physical therapy is going to be the last thing on my mind yeah i'm not sense. trying I'm just, I'm just being realistic about it yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um and i think that's really good information because there are a lot of people who are like considering doing you know cash pay or medicare or whatever and i agree with you that you know if you are wanting to work with that population then like being cash plus medicare is a really good model um you know to go with so awesome cool yeah it's not not a game we want to play with the federal government as a small potatoes practice well, well, even even with the cuts coming to medicare they still reimburse better than most other insurances i yeah. so say on average which is a number i saw in south florida like a year or so ago which i think is actually more now i think they reimburse around 120 per four units or something like that with the nine percent cut 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 i think yeah can't talk cut coming <laughs> cut coming it's going to be, you know, around the hundred or ninety. That's still more than a lot of other insurances right. from amount of units. Uh, and unfortunately, what's going to happen and why I say, you know, don't take insurance if you don't have to, is people are going to look at Medicare and, you know, say you have, for example, a Humana contract who's paying you thirty dollars no matter what you do. Well, they're also going to cut nine percent. Then you're getting twenty-two dollars per what you do. That's why I would personally stay away from any insurance like that. Yeah, absolutely. So like, if you're thinking about taking insurance, you really need to know a lot of details about what's going on, you know, and that's why I think both of us really like cash is because it's very straightforward and you don't really need to worry about any of that stuff. Yeah. And then also if you're um, doing, you cover super bills in your course, I'm assuming. Yeah. All right. So yeah. And you do type two NPIs. Mm -hmm. All right. So with the type two NPI and the super bill, you just give that to the patient let the patient deal with getting reimbursed. Nine out of 10 times, the patient's gonna have more luck than you getting reimbursed when they submit it themselves anyway. So it's just less of a headache. And if you just do cash and give them the super bill, the only reason why I even recommend super bills is if they can apply it to their deductible in case something happens, it's just the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Cool. So let's back up a second because I know you can talk about a lot of things and have a lot of information to share. But for people who are tuning in who have somehow never seen you anywhere on the internet, tell us a little bit about you and your background and what got you to where you are today. 
Okay, so I'll, I guess I'll start when I graduated PT school. Um, yeah, five minutes so, or less. <laughs> so I graduated PT school in 2018 from the University of Miami. I then took a job in Tampa, Florida, where I was actually lowballed and paid very poor as a physical therapist in home health. I then did my own research, talked to a few people, found out I was getting lowballed, decided to put this information out there on the internet, create a course and resources for other people on how to actually make money in home health. Once I figured out what was happening to me, I was able to go from basically uh, barely scraping by to making over $100,000 a year salary as a new grad physical therapist. And right now I'm actually, it's kind of crazy. I've only been out of school two years now. And I think as of now I'm at like 150,000, which, you know, is double the average salary for an average physical therapist. And yeah. it's all just understanding home health, Medicare regulations and other things. So I created my course. Uh, eventually it grew into now where it's 10 CEUs in most states and states it's not CEUs. You can apply for it to be CEUs yourself or ask me to put in an application and I will right now with COVID, it's kind of slow with the state boards, but I do have applications in that are pending. But most of the time when it comes to CEUs as well, if it's approved in one state, it usually transfers to about 38 other states as long as mm -hmm. the state board approves it. So right now I've grown that course from my own experience of being underpaid to making over six figures a year. I grew that into a course. And right now I actually have a few course members making over $300,000 a year, which is insane. They're, they're basically working like slaves, but they use the principles to make, to make <laughs> a decent amount of money. But on, on average, I would say, you know, eight out of 10 people that take my course and use the principles can easily make over $100,000 a year. Those that don't, don't listen to me. Um, but <laughs> so, 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 so from that, I've actually been able to grow a nice passive income online as of right now from course sales alone. And if you're watching this, uh, message me or Morgan, you actually use Morgan's link, so she'll get half of any course sale. Um, but, <laughs> um, but, but from doing that, the past three months have averaged between six and eight K a month, every 30 days. So if that keeps up, that's going to be over a hundred thousand dollars a year passively. So my next thing is kind of doing similar to what Morgan's doing, but a little bit different where I'm helping people grow their niche and make money online in a separate instance. I also have. Now I actually had a cash pay practice in Florida. Now that I'm in Alabama, I actually just started a new LLC and cash pay practice. I'm actually documenting it. And um, I'm going to put out some videos on this. It's kind of hard when you have a business to transfer to another state because there's, we can talk about this, but there's like three different ways to do it. Um, and then also I'm currently in law school. So <laughs> like no big deal. <laughs> I'm, I'm working currently as a PRN home health PT, making a decent amount of money. I'm also, in law school currently the reason why i went to law school is i just like my hands i hurt myself pretty bad actually i'm not doing pt but uh, lifting uh in the front squat like two years ago i was you know across the gym i was trying to max out my front squat and like my wrist snapped and i was like oh i have to think about the longevity of my career um <laughs> so i went to law school uh just because i needed like kind of a backup plan of being a pt though being a pt is great and i love it i just after i hurt my wrist i was just a lot of thinking and now also learning the Medicare regulations and just seeing the absolute trash advice posted in many Facebook groups. I realized that most PTs don't know about the law. Most PTs don't know how to stand up for themselves. And lots of people actually get threatened and have things happen to them that are actually against the law. So we actually, or I actually have somebody who reached out to me who's actually was disabled and their employer discriminated against them. And I was able to give them resources now where I think they're actually gonna basically be set for the rest of their life because it proves that they discriminated against a disabled person. And they also gave this person COVID. 
Um, <laughs> so there's lots of legal stuff out there, um, but my main goal is basically just keep providing value, providing content. Uh, it's all over the place kind of right now, but I've provided some contracts. Next thing I'm going to talk about is probably malpractice in PT. I'll put a YouTube video on that and negligence in PT. A lot of people don't really understand this. And um, we'll actually cover this now since uh, you guys are probably worried about malpractice. Yeah. So, sure. so some people will say, oh, you can't do that without a certification. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, that's malpractice. That's negligence. Uh, realistically, it's not. Basically, for somebody to bring a malpractice claim against you, you need to operate worse than the lowest person in your profession in your state that has a license. So if you're doing better than the worst PT you know, <laughs> they can't bring a malpractice claim <laughs> against you. That being said, you know, if you do something negligent where like you have a wet floor, patient slips and breaks their neck, well, then there might be some negligence there. But in general, as long as you are practicing, you know, better than the worst PT you know, and if there's no, no worst PTs that you know, then I'd be concerned. But... <laughs> then nobody can bring a malpractice claim against you. Um, that being said, again, make sure before you touch a patient that you have their consent or else a patient can bring a battery claim against you. It won't be, it won't be a criminal claim, but you don't want somebody to bring a battery claim against you. So that's why you have your informed consents. Also, I recommend you update your informed consents to possible COVID exposure, even if you haven't had it, just because it's going to cover you. Somebody or sorry, the state will, or your state will probably say that you can't be sued for COVID exposure unless it shows that like you intended to give somebody COVID realistically, but it's good just to be safe and have somebody's consent there. Um, and then I don't know where I was going with this conversation. We can talk about transferring <laughs> business or even questions right now. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Well, I know that's the thing is that I know that you know a lot of stuff about a lot of things. And I'm sure like if I was just like, Brandon, tell us, you know, like you've gone for hours about all the things that we need to know, but that's totally fine. Definitely, you know, you guys listening, if you have specific questions on the stuff that, you know, Brandon's bringing up, leave comments here um, and he'll definitely get back to you with a bunch of resources. Um, but let's see. So I think, you know, some of the things that we are really wondering about in this group, you know, it's a lot of people who are like zero to 12 months in their entrepreneurship journey, like starting a business. Um, so like, what are some of the things when you first got started, like in doing things for yourself, like what were some of the things that you struggled with and how did you overcome them? Uh, the first thing I did was that I tied my online sales to my personal checking account. I don't recommend because <laughs> you'll end up spending business profits. Um, so, Tell us more about that. So when you form, well, it depends on your entity. If you're a sole proprietor, you probably don't need an EIN or anything like that. But if you're an LSC or an S-Corp, make sure you get an EIN. And also, I know I posted the video somewhere, but EINs are free. Anybody that says they're going to charge you for an EIN is lying and or they're just taking your money and just submitting the form for you. You can just contact. Once you have your LLC, you can contact the IRS and get your EIN for free. Though when you do it, I believe you can only do it Monday through Friday. They're like, the website is like shut down on the weekends when it comes to EIN processing. So I don't know why. I just know that's the experience I had. So make sure you have an EIN. Once you have that EIN, and that stands for your employer identification number, you can then take that and open up a business checking account. It doesn't matter what bank. Some people say use credit unions, use big banks, whatever you prefer. 
if you're going to stay in an area and definitely try a credit union for a better rate, but if you're going to be moving around a lot, I don't know, maybe a bigger chain would be better. So you'll have to transfer the account. But once you have that business checking account set up, make sure you connect your online sales or in-person sales to that. You can use Stripe, Square, whatever payment processor you have and have that connected to it. That way, when you're doing financing and everything, you keep everything separate. Um, I was negligent with that and I spent money that I probably shouldn't have spent. Um, but so, yeah, but it's all part of the learning process too. Well, well as a single member LLC, you can, it depends how you're taxed, but you can just take money out, you know, as owner, but just make sure that when you do it, you do it appropriately. Make sure you have money saved up in case things happen like COVID obviously. And then also one thing I would say is really depends on, on who your target demographic is. Uh, so like with me, I've worked a lot with CrossFitters for cash pay. I was a CrossFit coach through all of PT school. I actually miss coaching a little bit. I actually almost bought a gym at one point, but decided I didn't want to stay in that area. Uh, but now, even with me being a coach for years and being a DPT, I have CrossFitters everywhere I've been. Now I've been in two separate states and three different cities, and people reach out to me, want to work with me. Um, and again, it depends. Uh, if you're gonna, if you have dry needling cap capabilities, I highly recommend that you market that because that's one thing that sets you apart from you know like a trainer or someone else is that you can actually do a needle intervention. And what the research says on it, what not, doesn't matter. People will pay for it. Uh, also, it depends on your marketing too. Like if you want to be in a CrossFit gym, uh, one thing that I've learned, especially as being a coach for years, if you come in there and say, hey, I'm this, I want to help your athletes, we're just going to be like, okay, we don't know you, bye. Um, so <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it, it's usually good to be a member of the community first. And then once they know you as a member of the community, then they trust you. However, there's other PTs already in there. Uh, good luck to you. Um, so <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, so like, it, it really depends. Also, you can, I know Morgan, you're actually able to treat out of your house currently. Is that correct? So it depends on your state, what you're able to do. I'm actually not allowed to do it here though. I do have a sweet garage gym I'm building, but what I can <laughs> do is have a mobile practice and then treat at their preferred location, which would be here, but I can't have it. So there's workarounds with certain things. But make sure whatever you're doing, if you have a if you have a building that you're treating out of, and it's not mobile, or if it is mobile, make sure you check your city and state guidelines for businesses. Just make sure you don't need an inspector to come out or anything like that. I know lots, lots of people don't check those things, but checking those things will just make sure you're actually okay to just start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think like that's one of the things that. You know, I kind of remember like getting started with everything, you know, and for a lot of people here that are thinking about starting a practice, like it's really overwhelming. It's like, what do you even do? You know, and there are a lot of people who will point you in the right directions. But one of the biggest things that I have learned is just to like ask as many questions as possible, you know, so like, like figuring out how to contact, you know, your secretary of state um, for the state that you live in or your city and asking like for those regulations and making it clear, like, this is what my business is. This is what I'm doing do I need anything else you know they're happy to tell you um you know if you do need anything like permits and stuff yeah and what I one thing I did too especially in this state because it's kind of restrictive here I actually contacted the state board and the response I got back was we do not get business guidance but it was like at least I contacted the right. board so, <laughs> and, uh, and then there's other things to do depending on your state one thing I would highly recommend though is 
I know Aaron LeBauer talks about this too, but don't market to physicians, market directly to your patients. If you market to physicians, yep. they're going to control your plan of care. And, you know, lots of physicians don't actually know what we do. They're, the younger ones do, like the younger ones do for sure, but the older ones don't. If you market to them and, and do that, you're honestly just wasting your time and you're going to get like a script with ultrasound. And it's like, okay, congratulations. You did that to yourself. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like that's what I tell a lot of people too, is just like, like not to market to physicians for what you said, but also like their audience expects to take insurance, like wherever they go too, you know? So even if they did refer anybody to you, you'd probably end up with that roadblock, you know, and then like, nobody knows what's happening. And so like marketing directly to your clients is super great because it's just really straightforward, you know, and if you are going to work with other professionals, it has to be other people who are doing what you do, you know, so like concierge medicine, or like, you know, chiropractors or acupuncturists, massage therapists, like people who take cash for things, um, you know, like that's a lot easier to get referrals from than physicians too. Also, when it comes to setting your rates, I think that a lot of people are afraid to charge money. And I don't know why. Because if you're gonna, you know, I think if people don't feel comfortable paying for something that's expensive to them, depending on how they were brought up or raised. But realistically, I think that all PTs on average across the US, it could be more or less depending on your area of the country, the average should be between 150 to $200 per session. And that's not based on time. It's not based on anything. That's based on outcomes and what you do with the patient. Ideally, you know, you may spend, you know, an hour with the patient, but that might be, you know, five, 10 minutes of maybe manual therapy or HVLA and the rest is, you know, loathing, strengthening patient education, other things going on, almost more like personal training, strength coach, dry needling if you do it. But I think a lot of people, once they say, oh, I'm going to charge over a hundred dollars, they like get nervous about it, but massage therapists charge a hundred dollars. Right. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. People get very, very nervous about it. I think people just, they don't understand their worth. I think that's because school doesn't teach you to really not be a mill PT. Um, so. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, like, at least in my program, you know, our business class that we had was like, you know, here, you're going to make a clinic and you can pick a specialty, but also you should probably take any outpatient ortho too. And you can have whatever budget you want. It has to be a brick and mortar. And like, that was it. That was the guidance. And like you said, you know, it's kind of like, you're going to go into a mill, like that's, that's it. And, you know, come to think of it too. I want to say we had some kind of like ethics class, but I don't think we had any classes on like legal stuff. You oh, know? No, no, that's, um, I talked to somebody about this. I'm actually considering making a CEU on <laughs> legal and ethics just because it'd be super easy. Um, but, <laughs> but we actually had this, something similar where it was like pick a niche and make an outpatient clinic. And I was like, why? Um, <laughs> that same professor, she's actually cool with me now, but she's like, oh, you're going to have to make like, you know, uh, like the average new grad pay for three or four years. And it's like, nah, like two years out, like, look at me now. Um, but so like, <laughs> uh, but no, it's just like, that's one thing too, is like, just, if you don't like, if you don't like something somebody says, or like, even if you don't like what I'm saying now, like you don't have to believe it and just, you know, I think that. If you believe you can do something, you can do it, but also you can't sit around and whine. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like if you're in Morgan's class right now, you actually took the effort to want to start your own business. Now you're putting in these steps. 
Like I have lots of people reach out to me saying like, oh, well, I can't get a job. And I'm like, okay, well, have you called the home health agency? No. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. So I forgot, where, I, I, I forgot where this was going. But yeah, just with business in general, just you can make anything that you want be a business. Like right now, my YouTube is basically the funnel for my business. And even with my cash pain and everything else, like, I only see patients that I know will pay me. If they're not going to pay me a certain amount, I won't see them. Another thing I recommend too, I put these in the cash pay contracts, but make sure that you get paid either prior or at the time of service, or if they are monthly, you have a credit card on file that you can charge recurringly in case they miss a payment. Now, when it comes to late payments or anything like that like or you know no shows obviously talk to the patient and see what happens if they continue to, to dick you around and not show up don't deal with them anymore i mean like if they're not going to respect your time why are you going to respect theirs now obviously there's a family emergency and multiple family emergencies that's that's different but if it's just somebody being lazy or like you know you're like just not getting good clients then it's probably something you're doing and you need to change what you're doing and get better clients. Yeah, absolutely. I think like one of the biggest things, like biggest changes that I made when I was first getting started was like setting expectations for like how things are going to go, you know, because I think there are a lot of people listening who are like myself, who are very nice people, you know, and want to be polite and everything. But you know, if you go into it, like, and start a new relationship with a client and you don't have clear expectations that like, look, you know, you need to be on time. This is my cancellation policy. You know, if we have like two no shows, you're done, you're cut, you know, and we're not going to be working together anymore. And you don't communicate those expectations with the client, you know, you might be in a position where you get walked all over and then it becomes kind of gray and weird. And then you might get yelled at like some of us have been. <laughs> and it's just like, it's not, it's not good. So, you know, kind of, kind of go with that and like make everything really clear, you know, like you're saying. Yeah. And that's one thing I actually brought over from home health to my cash pay practice is that I don't let patients dictate my schedule. I'm like, listen, this is the time I'm available. You can take it or leave it. If you don't want it, you can't have it. And I just ended up looking pissed at me in home health. And I'm like, okay, like figure it out. Like <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing you can do is let someone else dictate your schedule and your time, which again is why I'm not a fan of full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I was reading the comment here. Yeah. It just says Facebook user. So I don't know why I can't see. I it. know it like on stream yard, it does that, but you can look back and see all the names on the, on the oh, live. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this Maybe one was, user. Um, this was <laughs> Christian Torres, Dr. Smith okay. being so straight up. Okay. Yes, this is classic Brandon right here. <laughs> can you share more information about working information with Medicare and their new policies? So are you talking about the pending cuts for Part B? Uh, yeah, that's from Kathy, and she'll get back to you in a minute because there's a little bit of lag time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can ask Brandon about a lot of things. I'm sure. I'm sure that he has a course or a video for it. No, I need to put up. So, I need to put up more content. I like. I think July. I filmed like 30 YouTube videos that month. <laughs> and now with everything going on, I'm just like, uh, I did figure out how to use this green screen though, which was fun. 
Awesome. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Awesome. Okay, so, so the pending Medicare cuts. Okay, so for this, I think um, WebPT actually has like an article on it. WebPT sucks and I hate WebPT, but they actually have a decent article on this that it kind of breaks it down in the simpler terms where it's just like, you know, there's a 9% cut. You can also just go to Medicare.gov and click on therapy regulations. I actually will be making a YouTube video about this. At some point, it's going to be like why therapy deserves the 9% cut. Um, what's actually kind of funny, funny with this is um, it actually was supposed to be an 8% cut. And then all these therapists started whining and whining and whining to Medicare. And Medicare was like, you know what? It's a 9% cut now. <laughs> so, 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 um, and so like Medicare, what they're trying to do is they're trying to eliminate as many people as they're paying. And they're trying to kind of get down to just paying certain agencies and certain people. Unfortunately, it's bigger businesses. But again, if you change your practice, you can, you know, stay in the game with Medicare payment. But if you go, you go to uh, cms.gov, which is the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, you can find lots of information there. And when I make the YouTube video, I'll post it in this group as well and tag you so you can see it. But realistically, there is a 9% com cut coming to therapy. And I think it has a 3% chance of being reversed, which I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen no matter how many people call their representatives. So the best thing to do is just change your practice strategies. And what's going on again is they are increasing reevaluation and evaluation codes. But when it comes to, you know, just like Therax, Theract, all that's decreasing. So overall it's a 9% cut. Then you're also seeing a cut to therapist assistance, I think in 2021, which will mean one of two things. Uh, again, why you just start your own cash pay practice and get out of this ridiculous system. But, yeah. <laughs> but what's happening with that is I see one of two things happening. I'll talk about this in the video as well. But what's going to happen is either all PTs will be switched to PRN and they'll keep PTAs on a lower salary because they're bringing in less. And then basically the facility or company can pay PTAs less and pay, you know, PTs per visit or something like that. Even in outpatients, they're actually going to save lots of money and basically just, you know, max out insurance benefits. Or what's going to happen is they'll just use PTs for everything and PTAs will kind of go away. So I don't know which way it's going to go. PTAs are still very useful in many settings. I know a lot of people think about outpatient, but you know we use PTAs a lot in home health. And I hate doing regular visits. Uh, I used to like them. Now they bore me. So I'd rather do evaluations and starter cares all day. As much more paperwork as it is, I feel like I'm actually using my DPT where I feel that if you're just doing the same thing over and over again and it's not really skilled, not that, you know, PTs and PTAs can't give skilled care. It's just like sometimes it comes to a point with certain patients where it's like, okay, this is, you know, not skilled. I didn't get a DPT for this. Um, so we'll see which way it goes with that. Sorry if that just got dark a little bit. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like things are getting pretty dark with therapy anyway. So like, you're just giving everybody realistic expectations, you know? Well, like, I think that now being out and like, you know, I paid a decent amount of money for my DPT as I'm sure you have too. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> uh, uh, so I'll check that comment out in a second. Uh, mm -hmm. But being out, you know, you got a doctor in physical therapy, you paid on average over $100,000. These jobs that you're offering $27 to $30 an hour, like you can go cash pay, make a hundred plus. You can see five cash pay patients 
<laughs> like and basically double what you would make in a standard outpatient setting. Right. So, yeah. Or I could not spend, you know, 300K on a doctorate like some of my classmates did and get any job for $25 an hour. Yeah. I think you could drive for Uber Eats. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And that's why I said, like, that's why I'm still a fan of home health. Um, so when it comes to contracting, so this depends if you are contracting. So I personally hate contract companies. I'm sorry if that's what you want to start. Uh, the reason why I hate contract companies, not okay. So not all of them are bad. I'll, I'll go back. So maybe there's one person I know that owns one that pays well. That's why I can't say not all of them are bad. But outside of that one person, most of them are trash. And the reason why I say this is actually my first job out of school before I made $100,000 salary was with a contracting company. They underpaid. They usually don't pay as well in mileage. They usually really lowball their therapist. So when it comes to contracting, my thing is that I want the therapist and what I teach in my course is to get as paid as high as they possibly can. So why would they go to the contract agency when they can go to the agency directly and cut you guys out completely? All right. right. So that, that's why I'm not a, really a fan of it. That being said, I have seen decent, I uh, won one. So I'm not saying well, there's one, <laughs> one contract company where he was a PRN therapist prior, created a contract company. And what happened is he actually only made like $10 per visit and paid his therapist, you know, pretty well and got them more work. So they're actually able to make more because they got more patients with his company and paid mileage and everything like that. So if you do it like that, it's okay. Like I've even thought about starting my own contracting company as well. At one point for me, it's just too much work right now, but it depends on the area and you know, the number of visits. Like for me, I'm a PRN home health PT with one company and I can see, you know, as many visits as I want because there's not many PTs in this area. If I worked for a contract company, they would just take half my pay basically. And it's like, why? You know, yes, it's a passive way to make income, but if you're not paying your PTs fairly, I'm not really a fan of it. Um, so again, though, if you pay your PTs fairly or another example is say, you know, there's a peer and PT and they're not getting much work and you contract with all the companies and you can give them a lot of work. If that is true, which is also rare, but if that is true, <laughs> then then it's a good idea. And I'm not trying to kill your dream of making passive income off other people's work. Uh, but, but that's realistically what it is. I, and, and like, if you, if you watch uh, my YouTube videos or, or my course, I talk about this a lot. And there's people that have taken my course, I've started their own contract company and actually done well for themselves and provided jobs for PTs. So it really depends on how you go about it. Again, you know, if your goal is to lowball PTs and PTAs and, you know, just make as much as possible, like, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that business wise, but people that take my course probably are going to send me your contract. And I'm going to be like, don't take that. Um, I don't think people realize how many contracts I get sent. So yeah, you're looking at the passive aspect. So yeah. So unfortunately my YouTube may have ruined your dream as well as my course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, when I actually started making my content about contract companies, people would reach out to people that knew me, not directly because they were afraid to talk to me, but they would talk to people that I knew. Um, like Ben Fung was one of my mentors. They'd reach out to him and like Ben would be like, hey, you obviously piss this person off. Um, but so like, so it's, it really depends. Um, again, though, you can do it correctly and fairly. Like I've thought about it for part, not really contracting, but I thought about doing it for part B in the home. Like I have enough patients I discharge from home health in part A 
that I could easily just take my LLC now, go in contract with Medicare and sit, hire a therapist to go see them. Say we get, you know, $100. I pay the therapist $75 per visit, take, you know, 25 profit. I don't see a problem with that. The problem is it comes in the home care is when what I've seen, especially is, you know, for Oasis, you get paid 180 plus and the contract company is like, oh, we'll pay you 75. <laughs> so it's like the contract company is taking, you know, over a hundred dollars off the therapist to work. So it really depends on how you do it. You can make money passively either way, but just don't be a douchebag about it. Um, so, That's a good like, advice. So, yeah. yeah. And, and again, like, um, I've seen so many home health contracts at this point. So, yeah. So, yeah. So you're on the right track there. Um, and again, when it comes to that filling mileage, okay. Cash me. Yeah. So that depends on the agency too. Like, um, certain bigger agencies prefer not to work with you guys just because they prefer having their own in-house PTs just because it's easier for payroll purposes. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't let yourself get taken advantage of. And also don't take advantage of your peers. That's not great. That's not what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you already have your cash based business. You're already doing it. Um, one thing that might get your foot in the door is if, I mean, it depends on how busy you are, but like for me, it's easy if I wanted to switch them to, you know, come to part B services, if you're, if you're well known and, and a respected therapist, but it really depends. Also, you don't want to like, so right now I'm kind of, I've actually been overexerting myself and why well, I'm actually pulling back from working as much as I was, but yeah. also don't do too much that you burn yourself out. Like I was talking about, talking about this with Morgan beforehand, where like right now, you know, I'm making a lot of money as a home health PT and like, because it's paying so well, I've been like working 14 days in a row. Um, but there comes a point where it's like, is it really worth it? <laughs> so, so, no. <laughs> So I think everyone's goal is passive income. I think that's, you know, everyone's dream. You know, had I put my savings in Bitcoin instead of PT school, I'd be a millionaire right now, but, <laughs> but we all make mistakes. Um, so, <laughs> that's um, fine. Yeah. Um, but nobody would have put that amount in Bitcoin in that time. So like, you know, realistically, <laughs> um, so yeah. So, and again, when you look at passive incomes, there's other ways to do it besides staffing companies. Um, I actually have some stuff coming out on this as well, but like, so, so like one thing you can do, and we'll talk about this cause this is a very random show at this point, but it's fine. We're going with so, it. So like one thing you can do is look at stock options. Like today I put a, I bet that the American airline stock was going to go down. I placed an $800 bet on that stock and it went down. So I turned my $800 into $1,000. So you can always do that for, for passive income too. You can also make courses like, like Morgan and I have. So there's lots of things. For me, the contract agency seems like too much work unless you build it up enough that you can sell it. So I think that if you're going to be, you know, building a business, that you need to build it up enough so you can sell it to somebody else. And that's usually how you generate wealth and create things is that you can, you know, sell a business, then be a consultant for other people and just chill. Uh, let me just see what's, what the explanations of read. I was up higher rates for those specific now I'm thinking about. Okay. So for that, I was talking about outpatient. So for outpatient, the re and evals are going up. 
Medicare Part A home health is a whole different thing that requires a PDGM calculator and an Excel spreadsheet. So, so let me know if you're talking about outpatient or home health. And I don't know who you are, Facebook user. It's, it's Joey. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Facebook user number five. Facebook user. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, so let me see where he's doing this because I, I was talking about part B. So Joey took my course though, so he should know what's going on. If it's the same Joey. Um, so. He should know. <laughs> cool. Um, well, awesome. So Joey will let us know here in a second. Um, I do need to ask you one really important question because everybody asks me this and this is what everybody worries about, but you know, why should I start my practice? I don't know where to get clients. Where do I even find clients? Go. Okay. So there, it depends on who do you want to work with? Excellent question. Figuring so, out a niche. Yeah. yeah. Okay. His identity has been exposed. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so it depends on who you want to work with. So it really doesn't matter at this point, especially with like telehealth regulations and everything now. And because you're not taking insurance, you don't really deal with the telehealth bullshit. So like you can just do wellness services in any state. I mean, there's personal trainers that, you know, live in one state and train throughout the world. So you're doing wellness, you can do that. If you're doing physical therapy, make sure you're licensed in the state where you're treating the person. Um, again, that probably doesn't matter, but just to be safe, uh, just because who's really going to tell on you? But like, yeah, exactly. You have to be worse than the worst for somebody. To yeah, you know. yeah. But just to, you know, if you're going to say it's physical therapy, give them a super bill. Make sure you are licensed in that state. But with telehealth, you can realistically see anybody anywhere. I've seen people in Canada for well, let's say wellness services in case there's any legal reference. <laughs> let's just say wellness services wellness services um so i've seen people in canada you know doing a facetime i did a facetime consult. it's on my youtube somewhere but i did a facetime consult with a power lifter in canada when i was in florida so you can really do it wherever it depends on your audience again you need to capture attention first you can use services that well let me back up here there is a lot of trash facebook services for getting clients i know one person that does it very very well um, if you want to use Facebook ads, uh, let me know. Cause I get half of whatever I refer. Um, but, <laughs> but they're also a high quality person. Yeah, but they actually know what they've doing. Yeah. <laughs> Other stuff I've seen, but I just actually made a YouTube video on if you search the trash of physical therapy or what's on my Instagram, but it's on both. But so another thing I've seen though, is you'll see people saying that they've been on Fox, NBC, and they can get you patients. It's a bunch of bullshit because what they actually did is they actually paid some guy $400 to publish an article of them in Fox. And that's why they've been on Fox, NBC. So they've done, a, you have to look at the scam marketing. Another tactic they use is they'll say, or they'll have like um, somebody from Shark Tank or a celebrity in their ad. And what they did is actually went on Cameo. They paid this guy $200 to, to, be, to be in their ad. So if you are seeing celebrities and PT marketing ads or, you know, Fox, NBC, et cetera, they are not a legitimate ad company. Um, that's why I said, I know one person who's actually does it legitimately. And unfortunately with all the trash out there, it's hard to find people that actually know what they are doing. Now I'm sure there are more than what there is more than one person that can do it, but just make sure you're very cautious when searching for leads and they're qualified leads. Cause you know, if you go, you know, say you get Facebook, you know, $500 to find your leads, you will get leads as this company will for you too, but they're not qualified. It could be like some 18 year old 
prostitute, and that might not be your demographic. So, like, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, so if that's not your demographic, you just spent money on Facebook for no reason. Where if you actually go through certified services or just people that know what they're doing, you'll get, you know, you know, a 35 year old with shoulder pain who's a CrossFitter, weekend warrior, etc. So, so you get certain things like that. And I'm sorry for the pelvic health therapist that might want to see the first patient patient example, <laughs> but. but <laughs> but, but you just have to know what you're getting into. So again, it's best to start with just people, you know, in your community or if you're a CrossFitter or, or, or whatever, but if you don't put yourself out there, you're not going to get anything. And it really depends on what platform you use. One thing I will say is don't pay somebody for Instagram followers or anything like that, because number of followers does not equal money. Okay, so like I have 5,000 Instagram followers, probably 4,000 of them are robots, realistically. Um, so <laughs> I have about a solid, you know, 300 that engage with me. Those 300 make up the majority of course sales and other things. And I know people that have 100,000 plus followers that don't have any course sales or anything like that. So don't think about vanity metrics when you're looking at making products. Just make a decent product, market it to the right person. And they will come. But again, if you don't know who you're treating, how is somebody supposed to know to come to you? Yeah, absolutely. And I that was think a very, very strange rant. I'm sorry. That was a lot. <laughs> it was still processing. That's fine. Um, like, that's a really big piece that a lot of people get stuck on. So, you know, like, obviously, I help therapists, like, start their business, market their business. Um, and I've talked to several people who, like, cannot get past orthopedics like full lifespan, orthopedics, I will work with anybody on everything. So like, why is it so important that we niche down, Brandon? Okay, so when it comes to this is, one thing I ask people is like, you know, if they can't tell me what they do in like 10 seconds, some people call this like an elevator pitch or something like that. Yeah. Then they obviously don't know what they're doing, you know? So for me, so for my, my cash pay practice, pain-free performance, I literally put, exercise and injury specialist underneath as the tagline, basically. Why did I do that? Because I have a physical therapist. Nobody knows what that means. So like, yes. <laughs> so, you know, if the pay performance exercise and injury specialist, that means, oh, we can help you with fitness services and we can help you with injuries. You know, yes, I am a physical therapist. And if I expand, you know, other physical person, physical, ther- ah, physical therapists can help you <laughs> with, the, with, with this. But it's like, if you just say physical therapy, unfortunately, you know, you have home health, wound care, you have therapists that just alter some people's foot without the machine plugged in. So like, nobody really knows what's going on when you say physical therapy. And like, I'm not trying to like shit on my own profession, but I'm just saying that nobody knows what we do. So if you can't say like, hey, you know, like I focus on shoulder injuries, then nobody's going to know that. If you say, oh, I'm a physical therapist. Okay, well, what kind of physical therapy do you do? And, you know, if you say, oh, I'm a back pain specialist, oh, I'm a shoulder specialist, something like that. I know you'll need a certification to say that because, well, hey, there is no certification. Maybe there is, but just the patients don't care. The patient doesn't care if you have a CSCS. The patient doesn't care if you're MDT. The patient cares if you can help them. So if you have a patient with shoulder pain and you're a shoulder pain specialist, the patient knows that you can help them. So that's really what it comes down to. Lots of times I've talked to people, even people that were my CIs, be like, well, I want to do a cash pay practice, but you know, maybe I want to do this, maybe I want to do that. And it's like, okay, dude, like, you've been saying you want to do this for two years, but you have no idea what you want to do. 
So like maybe, and then also this is a hard conversation, but maybe if it's been two years, even though we don't, don't know what you want to do, maybe it's not for you. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that's an important thing to ask yourself when you're wanting to get started with this is like, do you really have like the internal motivation and desire to do something on your own? You know, and realistically, it's not for everybody and that's okay. You know, it doesn't have to be for you or maybe you want to pursue like digital courses or like e-commerce or whatever it is, you know, you don't have to start a practice to start like working for yourself too. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a big point too. And lots of times it is nice to build a practice from the ground up and then, you know, either keep it, sell it, uh, whatever you want to do, but there's other things too. And even if you have the practice, you can then also have online products that patients can buy from the practice or a recurring fitness plan other things like that, but really you need to look at what your vision is first. Like realistically, I never thought that I would, there's nowhere ever in PT school where I was like, oh, I'm going to have a home health course and, you know, make a decent amount of money for my home health course. Like <laughs> I never thought of that. I kind of fell into it because I was the first person that knew how to film high quality videos and use a microphone on YouTube. Um, so <laughs> wow. <laughs> calling out YouTube. No, 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 not you. But I'm saying like, <laughs> no, I'm saying like, if you look at a lot of physical therapy videos, they are trash. And if you want to capture attention and keep people's, you know, keep people's eyes on you, invest in a, like this camera right here, this camera is $500. Like if you can invest $500 to make your videos better, like maybe it's not the business for you, you know? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of things to consider for sure, you know, and I think you bring up a good point too, is like investing into your business. You know, I think that a lot of people try to start a business and they don't invest in anything at all ever. Um, and that makes it really hard to grow, you know, because you need certain tools, you know, or you might need help, like a service from somebody to get going, you know. Well, so also too, yeah, exactly. Lots of times people are like, oh, well, I started my business now. Money should just be coming in the door. And it's like, if you are not constantly putting money back into the business, it's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> or are we doing something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like, it's not, you know, it's maybe, you know, you're getting like one patient every six months or something because you're not doing anything to keep it going. Oh, one thing I do recommend that I forgot, this is uh, for tax purposes. If you do have an online business or running a business that requires internet, you know, space, everything like that, make sure you document that. So that way on your taxes, you're actually going to make less on paper and you actually get a higher tax refund if you qualify for a tax refund. For an example, for my online course, because it's all online, I'm able to write off my rent and my internet and everything as a business benefit. So that way, if I, you know, my income gets adjusted by like $30,000 or whatever, every year and it helps me out so make sure that you actually you know write off what you can tax wise and no it's not tax fraud it's just doing your taxes properly yeah absolutely awesome so look forward to the legal and tax course from brand <laughs> awesome cool so i feel like we covered a ton of stuff um potentially we need to have an episode two on everything that brandon smith knows um but yeah, do you have any other like big pieces of advice for somebody who is wanting to start their own cash practice? Make sure again, that you read your state practice act. So you know what you are allowed to do. Mm -hmm. Make sure you check with state 
county city regulations like where i am right now this is kind of like a three county area so to do business here you almost need like three separate county or city permits so if you're in a situation like that make sure that you know you have everything and just make sure that you also once you have the name you know worst case you can do doing business as name but just try to pick a decent name and just stick with it nobody really cares what the name is even if you hate the name yeah you know you have the business established just just run with it so. Yeah, just go for it. I feel like that's what most of the people that I've talked to so far in this interview series have said, you know, and I'm like, what's one piece of advice? It's like, just do it. It'll be messed up. It'll be messy. It'll be a little bit of a disaster, but just do it because you have to try if you really want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just reading this last comment from Facebook user here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> OT. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense, Facebook user. So <laughs> thank you for sharing, Facebook user. It's Facebook user Kathy. Okay. I don't know why it says Facebook user for every comment. I it's just it's specifically to confuse you. Okay. That's that's what that's for. <laughs> um, but cool, awesome. So thank you so much for sharing all of the things. Um, and I know we have a lot to promote. So tell us where people can find you and all the things that they can get from you all right so for home health stuff if you just go to youtube and type in like brandon smith home health like all my videos and channel come up make sure you subscribe to the channel um so i get money for the ads um <laughs> oh my god no shame if you like what you see on the youtube you can then purchase the home health course, which uh, I'll it's give you a free. I 100% yeah. recommend it. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a, it's all the pens you use in most states. So, um, but actually contact Morgan, she'll get half of every sale. Um, so, and I'll give you a 40% off code. I know that's less money for Morgan, but whatever. Um, so, <laughs> okay. It's free money. <laughs> um, when it comes to legal contracts, I do have a terms and conditions contract for the website, basically it covers everything, you know, say a mentally disabled person purchases your services and they didn't know what they were doing, well, you're covered legally. If you use my contract, it also covers purchases, purchases from people under 13 and third-party apps. So if you use that template, I think it's somewhere in the group for terms and conditions, it's a $30, like 11 page contract that you can customize yourself. I also have more contracts coming out, but just use the links in the group for that. The other one is the cash pay and wellness contract that's in the group, that's $20. So it's like for $20, you basically protect yourself legally. Um, that's really it right now. So yeah, we have the YouTube, the course, the two contracts. Um, yeah, I do have some other stuff coming out too, but right now I don't even know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> so we're gonna promote those things. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah. if you want to send me a friend request on Facebook and then follow me on Instagram too. Usually on Instagram, um, I post offensive memes and offend people. So um, there's that. <laughs> so like maybe Brandon isn't for everybody, but you're for the right people. So yeah, well, yeah. So like basically um, I'm just very honest with everybody and, you know, yeah. from my own experiences and I do think that PTs deserve to get paid well. For their amount of education or or ot's or, or whatever even even pta's codas you know you guys have education make sure you're getting a return on the investments and then also i'm looking at some investing courses now i just have to look at the legalities of of the investing stuff um so awesome cool yeah. 
great. So <clears throat> people can find you all over the place. You have a bunch of good stuff, you know, that's been super, super helpful for a bunch of different therapists, um, you know, and thank you so much for sharing, you know, all your advice and suggestions tonight on everything under the sun, but that's cool. You know, I know a lot of people are interested in the stuff that you shared. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Sorry about the time issue, but we figured it out. <laughs> You're fine. Don't worry about it. Um, awesome. Cool. So you guys listening, you know, if you're looking to start your cash practice, let me know. Also let Brandon know. Both of us can offer, you know, a different perspective on things. One of us is very upfront and honest about things. And the other one of us is just regular upfront and honest about things. Um, you know, so we're both here. We're both totally willing to help you. Um, and as Brandon said, he also has a lot of experience now with legal stuff and like other sources of income for therapists. So if you guys are interested in that, um, definitely check out his links. I'll put them in the description up here, the ones that you sent me. But yeah, otherwise, thank you everybody for watching. Let us know if you need anything and have a good rest of your day. All right. Bye guys. All right. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I am honored to be a part of this community and it is my hope that by spreading the stories of clinicians just like you who wanted something more and went after it, it will inspire you to create the life and career that you dream of and that you work so hard for. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on Facebook in the Cash-Based Healthcare Entrepreneurs Group or on my website at morganmeese.com. I would love to speak with you. And you can also find me on Instagram at drmorganmeese. So who do you want to hear from next? Or would you like to be featured on this series? Please email me at morgan at I'll talk to you guys soon.